I like I liked um, in the old days Crunch. Crunch was my favourite, followed closely by Aero. What about uh, where did you land on the the Violet Crumble versus Crunchy? Uh, crunchy. Oh, nah, crunchy. Wow, all, all time. See, uh, kind of weird texture sometimes. Like, yeah, that was, there, was a, there was a textural difference between the two. It's it's a little, it was a little less processed than the crunchy. Yeah, the crunchy yeah. seemed a bit lighter, wasn't it? more manufactured, but it was a bit rawer. The oh, violet right. crumble, yeah, I reckon. You're right. It was more. I think it was more dense as well. More, yeah, dense. crunchy was a lot, yeah, lot lighter and a very and a much darker shade of orange. Yeah, mm. unnatural. Mm. Progressive Rugby League. Progressive Rugby League time once again. I am the slug and joining me on the Progressive Rugby League journey yet again are the experts, Jono. G'day fellas. Hello all. And Big Al. Yep, thank you. That's Big L here, and I'm going to apologise in advance. I am uh, suffering from a nasty bout of hay fever, folks. So I'm a bit nasally, and if I let out a big juicy sneeze in the middle of this thing, I'm hoping the slug can edit it out. <laughs> well, I can, but I won't be able to edit it off from the microphone as it drips down onto I'll, the table. I'll, I'll aim for Jono, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, fellas, uh, you might have to carry me a little bit this evening. I've, had, I've been quite migrainey all day. I'm kind of up and down a little bit, so um, you know, you know, if you see me falter, lift me oh, up and raise well, me up. That's what we're here for. You know, but we will, um, we will gather around you. I've talked to the doctor about migraines before, mm. and you know what he says the best thing for them is no iTunes reviews. Oh, yeah. Okay. So every, every time you get an iTunes review, it, it's sort of it's like a pain reliever. Your migraine just goes away. So, so no wonder you've had a really bad migraine. Yeah. <laughs> Constant migraine since what round one about? <laughs> if anyone out there wants to help me out with my pain relief, go right ahead. That would be lovely. Um, fellas, shall we duck into our round reflections like we like to do? Indeed, let's, let's do, do it. it. All right, Big Al, what do you got? So, normally I like to stay really positive with my round reflections, but I'm sorry guys, I'm going to drop a bombshell on you. Excuse me, what? hashtag talk up the game, what's well, going this on is, here? this is not really, this isn't me complaining about something, this is just me informing you of some potentially devastating news. Indulge us. Beloved progressive team, the Catalans Dragons, and I say progressive in what they stand for, not necessarily what they do on the field. Sure. Are about to be smashed to pieces... By one of the most unprogressive players, in my personal opinion. Oh, no. What do you tell? Kenny Edwards oh. has just been signed by the Catalans Dragons. Is, is there any bad boy, any NRL bad boy, who has not played with Catalans Dragons? Is this there's, part been, of... there's plenty of NRL good boys that are good boys, good guys that have played. <laughs> You've got to be an NRL good boy <laughs> that have played with the Dragons as well. But let's think about the bad boys. Yeah. I mean, there's been your, your Greg Birds. Yep. Still there. Your Tal yeah. Your Willie Masons. Yep. Uh, and now Kenny Edwards. I'm sure there's been Kenny a few Edwards. others. Is there, is there something in the NRL playing so, contract that if something happens, then you just get a saloon I, I hear at, at one point a couple of years ago, the, the French, not the French, sorry, the rest of the players in the Super League used to refer to the plane that took, whenever, whenever Catalans was on the road flying into England, they, yep. they'd call the plane Le Con Air. Because of all the oh, all the yeah. dirty NRL rejects that were like staffing the team. Well, this is some foreshadowing too, because um, 
it's going to be a theme tonight of just really examining whether what we think is progressive is really progressive. Mm, yeah. So for, for those that don't know, Kenny Edwards is, uh, he's a, well, he's not a star player at all. He's just a pretty good, an okay player, I guess, that, that plays from Par- for Parramatta and has just been um, fired by Parramatta for his, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was a, I think it was a relatively minor driving offence, like being caught driving with, whilst disqualified or something yeah. like that and then not informing the club about it but that was the the last indiscretion in a long list of indiscretions some of his big ones have been he was uh, banned for uh, seven weeks in 2017 for common assault uh, and he also missed the entire 2015 season for taking a drug test on behalf of someone yeah, else. That's right. Yeah. Impersonating um, someone else's urine. Yeah. That's the official um, <laughs> not, to, not, not to mention just general rough nut thuggery on the, well, on that, the that's field. The thing. That's my, my biggest issue with Kenny Edwards is not that crap he did off the field. It was the way he carried himself on the field yeah. was just it, it was just not in the spirit of the game. It was terrible sportsmanship. He was known. Uh, for faking leg cramps whenever there was within the last five minutes yeah, of eight and a half and his team was in front he as soon as he got the ball or had got tackled he'd line his back and fake a leg cramp it was you know, just such see-through stuff and also his try celebrations were so they weren't celebra- celebratory they were more just vitriolic in your face to the other team yeah. so oh, yeah. whenever if he, if he or somebody else ball throwing. with a try scorer was near an opposition player he'd run up and wrap his arms around the opposition opposition player and like yeah. celebrate yeah. in their face and yeah. that. So he was just not progressive in his attitude the way he carried himself on the field and yeah. I don't want that Play some rep footy before you get that level of arrogance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, the, just I, I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. That I hope that doesn't carry through the way the Dragons play their mm. their rugby league. But there you go. It's yet to be seen. Maybe uh, a season to. and a half. Maybe eighteen months in the south of France is going to really oh, make him oh, a change right. man. Well, maybe, Different outlook. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe also you could you could see it through the lens of progressiveness because Catalan is giving people second, third. Fourth, fifth, etc. Chances, and you know, and trying to turn people around. I'm not sure if they have much of a strike rate, but look, I don't think many players who have offended and gone to Catalans have come back and offended again. So maybe, maybe it's a good thing for him. Well, usually, that's because they're at the back end of their career. <laughs> yeah, see, players that have gone to Catalan and come back to the NRL. I think maybe. Maybe Pat Richards goes into that category. Right. I think because he did play for Catalans yeah, in his last he two years. He was a good boy. He was never, he was, oh, he's he was an NRL good boy. Good boy. He is, he's a great <laughs> example of, the, of an NRL uh, good boy. <laughs> and he came back a better player than... Well, I guess that's to be debated. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, as, as the Donald would say, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what anyway, happens. So this is it. Kenny Edwards, don't ruin him. Catalans, do your best to turn him around. Jono, hit us. Sure. I was watching a game of rugby league on the weekend. Uh, as usual, there was a penalty after about five minutes and the team took the shot at penalty goal. Yep. And I thought to myself, this is just getting ridiculous. So I, I took the opportunity to tweet uh, stat guru David Middleton. Right. And very politely, he tweeted back straight away. But I asked him, uh, any stats, stats gurus out there can tell me how many penalty goals per game this year, and how does it compare with other years? We're concerned teams have given up on their responsibility to entertain. And so, you know, immediately, David Middleton replied to me, just, I was shocked and, and really thrilled. He said, you know, love your show, and here are the stats. Oh, he didn't say that. I was going to say, really? <laughs> love the show. But this is what he said. He said, penalty games, sorry, penalty goals per game, 2014 to 2018. Here we go. 
2014, 0.6 penalty goals per game. This season total, yep. or up to this point? No, 2014 season total. Mm. 2015, 1. 2016, 1.2. 2017, 1.1. 2018, 2.4. So, so now doing the numbers on that, that's, a, that's an 118% increase in penalty goals per game this season compared to the previous season. And now people might say, is that due to... Uh, increase in penalties that have been given. Well, penalties have only increased 35 to 40%. So, yes, there's been an increase in penalties, but the increase in penalty goals has been 118%. Yeah. Yeah. So that points to an undoubted swing away from progressive rugby league towards conservative pragmatism over the past (laughs) four months. And the stats back it up. And so that's that's a concern. And we've felt it, but now we've got stats to back it up. So there's really... We've really got to think about ways to help teams, especially in that attacking 20. Because as we've seen over the last couple of years, it's getting very hard to attack when you're in uh, the opposition 20-metre line because people can suffocate you, they give away penalties, yeah. you're not allowed to take a quick tap within the 10-metre zone. Yeah. All those sorts of things we have to reconsider because pe- teams are just taking the pragmatic option of penalty goals. And, you know, we'd prefer them to s- let the ball sing. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think it's probably got... It says a lot about the... the s- the difference, I mean, the, the difference in uh, skill level between each team is ever so slight. Yeah. So everyone's just looking for any opportunity to get something on the board. Yeah. They'll they'll take and uh, the uh, reluctance of coaches to take risks. Yeah. Um, again, a- because everyone's there's just the competition is so even, which is a great thing for the competition. Mm. But it's uh, it, you've got paranoid coaches taking uh, easy options. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, it's a pretty conservative coaching. You know, so, yeah. I mean, I've raised this on the show before. I, I think we should turn the coaching dynamic on its head and rather than have coaches KPI'd on results, mm-hmm. KPI'd on profits, baby. <laughs> because then that... Well, sorry, we'll say turnover, not profits. Okay. Because then if you... They'd be incentivized to play an exciting brand of football that attracts more people more to people. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Get the clicking. players in the press talking up the game and yep. making it like a grudge match, whatever, whatever, whatever. Sure. Don't care if they win or lose. You just want you want people there. Yeah. People aren't going to pay X amount of dollars every week to watch a pendulum goal-a-thon. No, that's, that's, oh, that's all those things that we, I especially, used to make fun of Rugby Union for. Oh, great, that's another penalty. Oh, yeah. wow, how many penalty goals yeah. a day? It's actually what's happening these yeah. days. But I, I do think there are a couple of things in the rules that we can tweak to make it harder, or to make it easier to score tries from the 20-metre zone. And that includes being able to take a quick tap within the 10-metre zone. Like, why can't you do that? Yeah. And scrap this, like, official warning thing to the captain's you know, I'm calling you over and stopping the game for 30 seconds because I have to give you an official warning before I can send anyone to the sin bin. Scrap that. Just send them to the sin bin if they need to be sent. You're totally killing the momentum for the attacking team. And, you know, just if they've got to go, they've sent them. Yeah. And, and, and as we discussed last week, there's no doubt over the outcome of the conversation. Mm, that's you know, right. Yeah, bring, that's right. bring the captain over. He's not going to go, all right, t- tell me your points. I might swing my yeah. view around. Now, what are your arguments? Yeah. I also think um, the playing, playing the advantage as well. So yep. the, way, the, re- the, way, the, what, the reason why teams give up the penalty is because they know it's going to be a break in play. We'll get a, a, a short breather and we can reset. Yeah. The refs should be empowered to just like cl- declare that advantages is currently being played yep. and keep it For rolling. And I think if you don't let the defensive set... Um, the defensive line to reset that takes mm. away that whole the idea of, of giving away the penalty yeah so I mean look it's a worrying trend more than double the amount of penalty goals per game this yeah. year um, you know something really should be done there now should is it presumptuous of me to go ahead and assume 
that because uh, the fact that David Milton replied mm. to us mm. and the speed at which he replied, yeah. that he agrees with us completely? I, I imagine so. He didn't give any editorial. No, no, he's, all about, he's all about facts, not about opinion. All right. So he was just giving us the numbers. <laughs> and if you want to join the conversation, well, the ongoing conversation, I'm going to assume that we're going to have every week with David Milton. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and Progressive now, Rugby friend League. friend of the show, David Milton. Yeah, exactly. A beloved friend. Find us on Twitter, at Prog Rugby League. Um, well, very quickly, my round reflection is just simply... Before last week, Mitchell Moses kept going, getting thrown up as a dark horse mm. for the New South Wales Origin side. He could be there, could be there. He's doing, maybe he's doing enough. Never have I seen anyone playing themselves out of contention more obviously than Mitchell Moses uh, versus the Broncos last Thursday. That was that was something self, to behold. Self destruction <laughs> is finest. Well, I mean, a few dragons, uh, you know, also played themselves perhaps out of a jumper as yeah, well. Yeah, so that's he, true. Maybe he wasn't alone, but yeah, it was quite. Uh, it was quite. I scene. didn't see that but game I, though. I find that Mitchell Moses has not played well all season, so I find the very fact that he was being mentioned in in Origin contention quite surprising. Yeah, over Luke Brooks. Oh, well, uh, no, Luke, Luke Brooks, again, it should not be in Origin contention. Maybe in a year or two, you know, he's still building, he's still building. <laughs> but to be uh, fair, Big Al, you can't, we can't take what you say about Mitchell Moses as an objective you know, <laughs> yes, situation. Yes, that's being true. A I, I do try and stay as, as, as unbiased as possible, but, I mean, he, is, he is an awful person. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, but, yeah, I, I find that that was surprising. I know he... Um, Brad Fittler formed a great bond with him during the World Cup campaign when he was coach of Lebanon yep. and Mitchell Moses was halfback or, or 5'8 or whatever he was for, for the Lebanese team. He's definitely got it in him one day. He's definitely got the, the tools and the he's kit. Too, yeah, he's too... He can't handle things that don't go his way. He, he's, he's, very, he's, a, he's like a huge ref complaining guy. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's always running over to the ref, but he's, he doesn't even seem to be like stating his case. He just sort of... <laughs> at them, you know, makes a really yeah. disappointed face and noises at them, and uh, yeah, like oh, whatever, oh, uh, Mitchell Moses, oh, uh. <laughs> whatever. Like a, my ten-year-old kid, basically. Yeah. The default is why? to argue, argue anything. Because why? Yeah. Because why? <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I just saw you do it, but I wasn't. But I just saw you do it with my eyeballs, but I wasn't though. This it's is a good our, argument. This is hours of my life. <laughs> Unrelated issue. I should get on to uh, the mailbag because we have a great question this week. Sweet. PRL, what's a smell? It's the mailbag. Got a niche? You can stretch it with the mailbag. Stupid questions, no such thing. Ask us now, we will let you in. Get real, what's the smell? It's the mailbag. Got a niche, you can scratch it with the mailbag. It's the mailbag. It's the mailbag. Ooh, the mailbag. Ooh, the mailbag. Ooh. And the question is from a UK listener uh, called Daniel. Thank you for writing in, Daniel. Hey, Daniel. G'day, Daniel. Daniel writes, as a fan of rugby league from the UK... I've got a few questions regarding Toronto's progressiveness. It's undeniable that the concept of having a transatlantic team is progressive. However, how progressive can the reality be if, as proven in the games against Warrington, Toulouse and Lee, the method of winning against bigger Super League teams revolves around fighting and deliberately slowing the ruck down. Against Warrington, the Wolfpack had three sin bins and one red. And today against Lee, oh, that was a few days ago, against... Paul Rowley, Toronto coach, and a Lee player got involved in a fracas following full time. 
As an expansive project with the aim of promoting rugby league abroad, surely the way to attract fans is through progressive play. As a result of the 1980s style of play, is it fair to now question the validity of the project? This can be reinforced by the fact that the Wolfpack haven't yet played a game at their home stadium in 15 rounds. How can this be expansive or fair? Thanks a lot, boys. Hope to hear your answer soon. So, wow. Can we just, before we go into that, yeah. can we just uh, sit back and appreciate the brilliance of that question? Yeah. Amazing that, question. That is just fantastic. Daniel stuff. James. And he, gets, he gets it. He gets oh, a progressive oh, rugby league it, yeah. ethos. I think we need a bit of context here before we go any further, and because a lot of people who are listening may not know what's happening in the Super League yeah. English game. Yeah. So, a few weeks ago, in the Challenge Cup, Toronto played the Warrington Wolves. I think it came to a head in this game. So this was a big game for Toronto, and, and also it was shown on BBC, free-to-air television in the UK, I'm pretty sure. And so Rugby League doesn't get shown on uh, free-to-air television except for a few Challenge Cup games yep. in the year and also some internationals. Okay. So it was a big deal and a big opportunity. And it was a big opportunity lost, really, for Toronto because they basically, as... Daniel suggests there they lost the plot in that game. They mm. they were overly aggressive. They got a few players sent off, and it was really quite embarrassing. And, and it was a real missed opportunity for the Toronto project, and also yeah. the game itself. So that there's that, and then the other side of that is a lot of a lot of team or supporters of teams in that championship area, the English teams in the north of England. They're quite uh, resentful of Toronto coming in. Yeah. They're seeing as sort of the golden child. Yeah. And they're, they're not constrained by... Um, there's no salary cap in the championship. That's right, so yeah. They, they okay. can outspend everybody if they and, feel like And they're it. seen as like being given a saloon passage through to yeah. the Super League. So there is a bit of resentment out there as well. So there's a bit of context there. But there are really good questions that yeah. uh, our listener brings up there. So the first one is, you've got to remember, Daniel, that the pillars of Progressive Rugby League are that... It's the way you play the game on the field, but it's also what you stand for off the field. So, as you mentioned, the idea, the concept of having a Canadian team in the Super League is a great one. Yeah. It's globalising the rugby league. It's a progressive concept. But another side of it is how you play the game on the field. Yeah. If you're playing a thuggish brand of rugby league, that is not ideal. Yeah, that's how I was going to frame it for you. We, we obviously, because we've talked about it... Mm think the idea of the Toronto Wolfpack is progressive. Yep. Great concept. Brilliant. It's marvellous. But can that be cancelled out by extreme unprogressiveness on the field? It can't be totally cancelled out because the concept is, is so exciting. But it can put a bit of a mm, a bit of a downward you know, yeah, look onto I, it. I think a lot of it, the way the team plays, and I know Paul Rowley has a, a reputation mm. as breeding um, thuggish style of play in his teams. And he's quite a divisive um, figure, isn't he? Yeah, it? but I, I think the Wolfpack have an interesting challenge ahead of them in that they have to, they're an unknown sport in Canada, mm. and they need to market themselves somehow. And I think perhaps they've chosen that. Um, so if you look at the, the main sport of, of Canada, like the religion of Canada, the sporting religion of Canada is ice hockey. Yeah. Ice hockey is a tough, tough game. It's yeah. fast, it's hard-hitting, there's a lot of fights in, in ice hockey still. Yeah. So I think they've sort of taken, okay, so... <laughs> An ice so, hockey approach? Well, I think, I think they've sort of thought, okay, we also need to market ourselves as, like, we are... It's, it's a tough, it's a brutal sport, mm. and you need to... And I'm not, I'm not saying they've deliberately highlighted that, but I think they're not afraid mm. to come across like that to, in order to sort of push that image 
amongst Canadian audiences, yeah. but and without, without regard yeah. for how that reflects on a wider, the wider, the wider scheme of things. Yeah, but also it's the fact that those teams in the championship that have been around for year, decades and decades and possibly over a hundred years, they are quite resentful. So when they come up against the Toronto Wolfpack. It's an intense situation. Yeah. It's not like your regular run-of-the-mill game. Yeah. They are like stepping up, and then I think Toronto, I assume, are saying, you know, we're not going to take any of this. And then it becomes, it sort of get, gets into this vicious cycle, yeah. and, and all yeah. of a sudden, every week, Toronto uh, feel like they have to play this thuggish brand of football to to succeed. Um, but so, are, we, are we excusing that because we love Toronto no, so much? No, no, there's no, there's no, no excuse for like thuggery. It, it like the game needs to move away. The game needs to highlight the athleticism and the like the brute it's a brutal sport we shouldn't shy away from that mm. but that that needs to be separated from physical violence and and to be fair though to toronto the fact are the the rules these days in rugby league are pretty tight so you can't really get away with much thuggery and without being penalized like in the, I mean, in the challenge, that challenge cup, cup game, game. They've, their thuggery lost the game for them yeah, they, were, that's they right. were up they were winning for it, a good it, portion of the first it, half. It's until not they about what away. they can and can't get away with. It's it's their mindset. It's how they're deciding to play. I know. Well, we, we yeah. say to the Toronto hierarchy, Mr. Perez, who we love, yeah. we say we say to you, yeah. think carefully about how you want yeah. to play the game on the field. We want to support you, and we will support you, but we want to see a team that makes the ball sing, like your Toulouse Olympics. Did you see the try they scored the other day? <laughs> and a hundred metre. A lot, of, a lot of French finesse on that one. Yeah. So I say, throw the ball around. You know, offloads. You know, good solid defence, but you don't you don't need to take it to that unnecessary level uh, to make sort of everyone resent you. Uh, there might, there might also necessary. be like a bit of a bit of toot amongst the the at least the English uh, Toronto players when they um, in that like oh. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, what are you playing for Dewsbury? Are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. right. Well, I mean, uh, I'm playing in Toronto now and they're, they're actually paying me a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, Living right. in Canada's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I, yeah, that, that would add to the... the do, you, yeah. do you think telling, like, being a part of a wolf pack would also give you kind of just a mm. an underlying subconscious level of aggression Gang that you might not have yeah. had before? <laughs> like, for example, that you might not have being a ram from Dewsbury, for example, <laughs> you right. know? Like, That's right. Yeah. Or a rover. Or, yeah, Hook exactly. Or a, or a... Centurion? Oh, yeah. Or a St. Helens, <laughs> you know? Like a blank from St. Helens. That's right. Yeah. So, look... You, that's a fantastic point, Daniel. I think, you know, I mean, it's not often that we sit here and, and, and examine how we how we uh, establish our progressive criteria, mm. but but you know, you, you've made us you made us sit here and think about whether we we're too quick or too effusive. I mean, there, there there has to be an equal measure of on and off field. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't. I, I watched. I've seen the Challenge Cup game. Yeah. Like there's there's no Toronto Wolfpack games on TV. It's hard for us it's to watch for us too to much watch it, uh, yeah. championship rugby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've seen the Challenge Cup game, and yeah, they were just they that was opportunity lost. They just embarrassed themselves. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. I thought that was an isolated incident. I didn't know that they had a um, a reputation for. Doing it's that a, kind of stuff. If they didn't, it seems to be growing. Oh, yeah, right. which is so, a, a real shame. So, so you're, you're Eric Perez. Yeah. You're, you're standing there with other money man whose name I forget at this point in time. Yeah. Well, what are you saying to the, the wolf pack at well, this point in time? you know what I'm doing? I'm getting on the phone and I'm calling one Tim Sheens. And I, that's, that's, <laughs> really? that's who the wolf pack needs. 
They need a Tim Sheens who all he cares about is scrum moves. You know, oh, the, the, the Tim Sheen set scrum Blindside scrum moves. Can I, can I tell uh, I, I, I saw a, sing, a fantastically progressive quote from Tim Sheen's in the press over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I think he's what, director of rugby at Salford. Salford. And um, I don't think they're having a very good goal at, at the moment. And he was asked, uh, do you, they must have won over the weekend, I think. Um, and he right. was asked, Is it, do you like that that has um, shut the fans up? Mm. they're off your back now and he said I, I don't want them to shut up because I don't care about the fans what I care about is supporters and they can say whatever they want because uh, fans will rock up when you're winning yeah. um, but supporters will come and watch uh-huh. when you're losing and it, they can yell at me all they want but it's all about the supporters defined his terms solidly yeah. 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 see Mr Perez this is, this is what you could have yeah. but just it, make the phone call are I'm you sure suggesting that the Wolfpack players will be so concentrating so much on getting the scrum moves right that they won't have <laughs> brain space for thuggery. Well, I mean, it, it come, that sort of game style comes from the coach and the coaching staff. So, right. you know, it, it's, it's, it's reflected in the playing style, the, the type yeah, of personality. All right, yeah, the coach, so. one begets the other. Yeah, that's right. So Tim Sheens, he's coached for a number of years and all his teams have been very entertaining to watch over the years. 2005 Tigers. Exactly. Most and, the, and the 90s. Canberra Raiders team oh, was yeah. probably oh, the most what, about that? what was his, his, his uh, the, the wedge that was the scrum player yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the famous wow. one oh, yeah. you know Tim Bradley Clyde's a CEO of a tech company now yeah right really yeah, yeah. don't ask me to name it <laughs> oh, okay well maybe <laughs> but he is that's well, amazing good. it's great now I just want to finish off this conversation by, by saying this now being a progressive rugby league club is not easy to do I mean there, there are not many clubs who are getting it right on all levels on the field, off the field, and remember the third pillar being rugby league's a ridiculously funny game. Uh, you look at, for instance, the Canberra Raiders, who are probably one of the more progressive teams on the field, but they have a coach who whinges about referees all the time. Yep. So it's very hard to get everything aligned. So we have to give Toronto, they're a new club, they're obviously trying to make their way, we have to give them time and space to evolve. And yeah. hopefully this is uh, you know, a, a part of their evolvement. And in a couple of years, we'll be looking back laughing. I remember that time we were concerned about the way that Toronto played on the field because they'll be throwing cutout balls, they'll be offloading <laughs> flick passes, chip and chases. Chip and chases yeah. on the second tackle. And they'll be, they'll be playing a clean brand of rugby league. I suppose when you look at it that way, you also have to feel some sympathy for people like Ricky Stewart. Sure. Who um, have argued with refs and lost for the better part of nearly four decades now. Because <laughs> you could, like... That's it. He was on the field arguing with refs. Never win there. Then <laughs> you're off the field in the press box, yeah. in the having a press conference arguing with refs yeah. who aren't even there listening to you, yeah. and still losing. Like, what, can't an, be what an upsetting life. <laughs> and then, uh, and now he's getting fined for it as well, yeah, right? Exactly. He's complaining, and it's costing ten grand every time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you very much Keep for the coming, Daniel. That yeah. was amazing stuff. And, you know, why not follow on from a question from the UK with our International Rugby League updates? Slugby gal and me, we like what we see when it comes to French-Canadian rugby fatigues! Yeah! <laughs> what do we got? Uh, what do we got? All right, so outside of the fact that Catalans are signed CUNY, um, they're, doing, uh, they're doing not too bad. So they've just, they've just come off a win against the Leeds Rhinos. That's a big win. 33 to 20. So now sitting uh, equal ninth with Salford, with Tim Sheen's Salford Red Devils there. Mm. So, so they're only one point out of the top eight, yeah, which, so which would help them avoid the Super 8's uh, conundrum. So, you know, it's looking good. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and further news in the championship, so we, well, we'll go into the Toronto Wolfpack because we just we were just te- talking about them. So, yes. as we know, they've just beaten the Lee Centurions, 28-26. Um, so that was a really interesting game because yeah, the Toronto was down 16-6 at halftime, mm. and it was a late, a late rally within the, in the last 15 minutes where they clawed back about 14 points, I think. Mm. They scored two tries in two minutes at one point Wow! Um, to come back and get the win there. So that now makes it 11 wins in a row for Toronto in championship games, uh, and they're sitting pretty at the top of the ladder. Um, Toulouse, Toulouse Olympique, uh, have just beaten the uh, London Broncos, 40-28. to 28. So, wow. a bit of a convincing win there. Not a highly defensive game either. No. I thought I thought the Broncos, uh, I thought better of them, actually. I've got a bit of, you know, I've got a soft spot for... Yeah, I'm not sure why, there. but, you know, go for it. <laughs> well, I, I, I would love it. I mean, compared to Toulouse Olympique. Don't you want your capital of your country to have a strong side, at yeah, least? Yeah, but it shouldn't be called London. It should be called, like, a pocket of London that someone can people can get behind that community. London's That's a long like, name, Johnny. <laughs> the pocket of London uh, chimney sweeps. Anyway, I just think it would never, it's never ever going to work. Yeah. Whoa, it's never ever uh, going to work. Well, not called London. Call it something else like. So is, is London? Well, I'll look at look at. What's a part of London? Is, is London similar <laughs> to? I, I've, only, I've only I've only ever been I've only ever spent time in London as a tourist, right? So I've never been there long enough to get you know get the vibe of the mm. place. But is is it in, incredibly? Uh, Clicky like Sydney is, where like um, and tribal. Well, I mean, you look at there's there's a number of different. If you look at a sporting context, there's like dozens of London teams that yeah. all have a huge following, and they're all from that certain pocket of London. So yeah, but, that, but that's just because they grew out of being the local soccer club, and then yeah, they got bigger and bigger and bigger. That's what people are used to. They're used to supporting their local team. So are there any area. other? Not, what about not the, like their, their city. Their big but what about the city. yeah the London? Well, what? just just pick one. West End Toffs. Done. <laughs> Done. Pick one. So, anyway, Toulouse Olympic, they're not only uh, winning games, but they're playing ex- exquisite rugby league. And yeah. that trial we mentioned quickly earlier, I encourage our listeners to look it up online. A 100-metre gem. You know, there, it was running rings around the opposition, some great offloads. You'd say it had, uh, had more layers to it than a croissant and just as much butter. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> so, well done, Toulouse Olympic. We're right on board. So, there's a team. Uh, obviously, we want them in the Super League. That's uh, globalisation. Yeah, yeah. yeah until they start. League. And they're playing beautiful rugby league, so that's quite a quinella. Yeah, until they start signing NRL rejects <laughs> who start smash someone's head in and not allowed to play anymore. Yeah. Um, so there you go. So it's 11 wins in a row in the championships for Toronto. I might also note that Toronto has just signed a maple syrup company as a sponsor. Oh, yeah, so I did say that. Doing good things off the field, that's for sure, not necessarily yeah. on the field, but... <laughs> Bit of sweet yeah. news there. Wolf down some pancakes with nice. yes, yeah, maple syrup. Some pancakes with your. Uh, what's oh, it, what's I was trying to write him a slogan there. It didn't really uh, go anywhere. Oh, wolf, oh, I get it. Wolf down some pancakes. <laughs> you got yep, didn't even uh, didn't even register. Sorry, no. that's my fault, not yours. That was great. That was really good. Uh, so just looking at the the all important top four. Toronto's sitting pretty twenty seven, well out in front. And then we have Toulouse outright second on 22, and London and Featherston both tied for third on 20 points. Ooh. But the gap, really, the, the top four is a, is a, it's a, it's a six yeah, people that's to a get lock. in there. Um, yeah. You reckon? No, I sort of lock it all. So oh, Toronto's no. fine. Okay. Toulouse, London, and Featherston are just, they're only just above Halifax and Lee, who are on 19 and 18. Oh, okay. So below that, you can look, that, that's, those six teams, they'll be in there somewhere. I don't know enough about Halifax. Well. That's my problem to fix, though. <laughs> right. Next week. <laughs> Halifax report. I expect it on my desk 9 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. Done. 
Um, and moving on from the cha- uh, moving, sorry, staying with the championship. Uh, Jews news, news you can use, please. Uh, so they've. A victory against the Batley, Bull- the Batley Bulldogs. So, 20-18. Oh. to 18. So, take that. Butler Bulldogs. The Butler Bulldogs. Uh, so, I think the Rams are now ninth in the championship. That sounds familiar. Uh, so, there you are. That's what's Great happening. Update. That's what's happening around the world. Uh, now, if you continue to indulge me... We will. Uh, I know I like to go on and on about the 2021 Rugby League World Cup, which will be held in the, splendid, the splendid northern countryside of England. Yes. So, the qualification... Uh, mechanics have yeah. been released in a wonderful infographic. Go uh, RLIF.com, everybody. Mm. I encourage you to go there. Yeah, um, But I just want to spend some time talking, you that, talking about that. So we've got four, five qualification groups outside of the main uh, seeded nations that have gained automatic qualification. Right. So they were the, that's the, like the big four. Yep. And then I think the, the top, the top finishes of each pool okay. anyway so it's England, Australia Fiji, Lebanon, New Zealand PNG, Samoa and Tonga all automatically qualified Bang. Great. then we've got the European qualifiers so that will be done through four groups France, Ireland, Scotland and Wales yep. Russia, Serbia and Spain Serbia the Czech Republic Germany and Norway oh. how exciting is that that's a new one. And then Greece, Malta, and the Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, the Ukraine. So, like, I, I won't spend much time talking about, you know, who plays what and who goes into what, but just looking at that spread of countries. Yeah. Can we just sit back and dream... That's amazing. Of the, ...the possibilities. We could have Spain, Spain and Norway. Spain like, and Norway. Yeah, Spain. Yeah. Uh, uh, Germany. Look out for and, and, and I'm really excited to see a Red Star <laughs> influence on that Serbian yeah. scene. Just, just quickly, on, on Serbian Rugby League, I did read that... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Phil Economides is a new coach of uh, Red Star Belgrade, so oh, happy days. Good go. Uh, ably assisted by Captain Charger, I believe. You know, before we uh, started this podcast, I wouldn't have bet much money on one reference to Phil Economides, let alone two. Twenty-five. <laughs> I think Red Star Belgrade sounds like an energy drink, don't you think? We should. Yeah. Start, we should start one. <laughs> What's news? News has come through. This is not uh, international rugby league update, so I'll, I'll allow you to finish. Right. Okay. Well, almost there. So. Um, and then I've, I've already mentioned what's happening in the Americas, but again, the American qualifying pool is Canada, Chile, Jamaica, and the USA. So, oh, I love it. Uh, there we go. What a that, that European contingent is juicy. Yeah, and yeah. it's the stuff rugby league we, dreams. Are made I, look, of I look forward to seeing a cool running style movie about the Jamaican <laughs> rugby league. Yeah. That's right. Bring Beard. back John Candy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I mean, guys, we're we're. we're Recording this program just as the New South Wales Rugby League State of Origin team yeah. has just been announced. So let me yeah. read it out to you. It's at fullback James Tedesco on yeah. the wings Tom Trebojevic and Josh Adokar. In the centres the Trell Mitchell, James Roberts. Yeah. The halves Maloney and Cleary. Props Clamour and Campbell Gillard. At hooker is Cook from South Sydney. Second rowers Cordner, Frizzell, Jack DeBellon at lock, and the reserves Vaughan, Trebojevic. Angus Crichton and Tyrone Peachy with the wow. 18th and 19th wow. man. Peachy's in there. That's cool. Uh, Sims and Cottridge. So there's the team. How does that go progressive-wise? Uh, I think it's, in, like, knowing how, how unprogressive a state of origin team could be, yeah. I'd say that's pretty good. That's, yes. In, in terms of in the realm of actual possibilities of what yeah. the team makeup would yeah. be, I reckon that's probably as good as you're going to get progressive-wise. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, there, there are a few where you go... Did we yeah. have to? 
Like, yeah. I know, has Corden been playing well enough to be there? Yeah, well, I know he's captain, but has he? Well, I mean, it's not really about whether he's been playing well. He's been playing progressively. <laughs> how are his offload stats? That's what we've got to do. When it comes to forwards, like, how, are there many offloaders in there? Yeah, Campbell Gillard, Clemmer sometimes, Frizzell. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. I've no. seen worse. Yeah. Uh, Paul Vaughan for his uh, try scoring ability and, and Sergeant Bilko haircut. I think I think the the back line, centers. especially the centres, oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty progressive. Yeah. Like the exciting the things. Poor, poor defence and scintillating attack. Oh. That's progressive. But <laughs> uh, what's not progressive? Mm. Playing someone out of position. Oh. Travoyevic on the wing. On the wing. Oh, That'll well. be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. you got to find a place for him. Got to find a place John for him. John Yes. We've been at pains to say how specialised wingers are these days. I know. And you want to just see... People still think you can chuck anyone out there who doesn't play in that position. I mean, there really should be uh, 13 wingers. Well, I mean, that's how yeah. wingers <laughs> are these days. But, I mean, Trebojevic, that's a those brothers that have made a team. Congratulations to them. Yeah. Are they... Is that... It sounds like a Serbian last name. So this, this might be the... Oh. Is it Serbian? Trebojevic. Well, it's got a lot of consonants in there, so <laughs> it's something. So this could really help kick off Red Star Belgrade. Uh, what about the Cook story? He couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't start last year because he had Farrah in the way. Yeah. This year, wow, it's a bit. It's it's a big move. But I'm I'm glad to see Tyrone Peachy on, on the bench there. No, oh, that's, that's unexpected. Really I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. Back. I, I actually had Tyrone Peachy in my halves because I had the I had a, an all Indigenous uh, backline trying yeah. to name a progressive yeah. uh, New South Wales backline, and uh, I had Cody Walker and Tyrone Peachy in my halves. So wouldn't that be a good, exciting, you know, yeah, halves combination? Lots of lots of excitement. Not much good game management. <laughs> uh, I, hope, uh, excitement. I hope Nathan Cleary is fit enough. He hasn't played a lot of yeah. league this year. Well, I mean, uh, he's he's a lovely fellow. Oh, well, that's, I hope that'll that'll compensate. And he's the son of who I'm nominating is as father of the year, Ivan Cleary. Oh, you know, yeah. so what a guy! Oh, what a guy! Well, so. I really do feel for. I've sort of mentioned it before that Origin. Uh, it's a like reward and also a punishment for the teams that are doing really well. Yeah. Um, Penrith with their halves combination, like they're sitting pretty at the top mm. of playing, playing some pretty good football, and their halves combination are now mm. in the thirdness of state of origin. One of them being yeah. Nathan Cleary, who has only recently, like what, two or come three back, weeks ago, yeah. come back from injury. I just hope they go okay because I, I really love the Penrith story and I want them to continue to do well. Yeah. I just hope. But I hope bad things don't happen. Sure, I understand. And, you know, the Dragons kind of faltered a little bit maybe at the right time for yeah, Mary McGregor. Yeah, strategic, yeah. Because <laughs> Aitken could have easily wrapped yeah. up one of those centre positions. Very true. Well, I mean, look, overall I think it's it's a pretty... It's one of the more exciting New South Wales teams we've had in a while. Yeah. Pace and, you know, genuine ability to score tries there, power out wide. Yeah. So we've, uh, yeah. in, the, in the past, New South Wales have picked a lot of defensive... Yeah, yeah, or just, you know, people yeah. not even players like the toughness over. Yeah, um, like both Scott in the centres. Oh, remember yeah, that? And like the the, the wow. gallon, the gallon bird, you know, forward yeah, enforcers right. mentality. Yeah. Yeah. When, bird, when, when bird played five eighth. That's right. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so I, I think the like that. Yeah, that's probably the most realistically progressive team we'll get. Yeah, and yeah. I think the selection philosophy overall was quite progressive. And yeah, like, yes. I'm going to pick players like I want to see. I want to see players that I want to. Yeah, that I want to see play. Um, you know, reputation really counts for nothing, and I don't want people that are uh, scarred yeah, by no. previous defeats. So. Well, let's hope, let's hope after the the first game, whether they win or lose, they're not judged on the result. They're judged on how they play the game. How likely is that to you? Think? Yeah. Well, <laughs> minimal. And you know, the, the, it'll, it'll happen on this podcast <laughs> at the right. very least. And the Queensland sign was named today too. No Darius Boyd. No yes. Matt Scott. That's very interesting. That's interesting. 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 I um, wonder if this sets the stage. So remember the game one last year, Queensland 
picked all their legacy players, I'm going to say, at least their legacy forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got absolutely creamed because um, yeah. they were sort of just a bit too old for it and they had to re- reshuffle yeah. the whole team. Yeah. This whole thing seems like it's being set up, not deliberately, but just in terms of... To bring them in con- when they falter? Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah, but more, I think, in terms of like Jonathan Thurston. Oh, so like wow. it's it's all like just seems like, like the whole thing. thing is lining up for let's say what which is what I think will happen. We'll have a New South Wales win in game one. In game two, uh, everyone will expect New South Wales to win yeah. in Sydney and they won't. Mm. And then in game three, it'll be a decider at Suncorp and Jonathan Thurston will come back. Yeah. Oh, and Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith. <laughs> no, no, they won't, but because okay. Jonathan Thurston's just not having you know, things aren't really going well for the Cowboys, blah, blah, blah. Right. He'll be called upon. He needs more fairy tale. But hang on, one, hang on. Last, one last score. Why, why would he be called upon if they would have theoretically just won the second game? Theoretically, they're in Oh, well, you know, well, maybe they only just... Yeah, there's a lot through. of holes maybe in this maybe, theory. Maybe, yeah. like, things just Injuries. happen. Things line up very well for Jonathan Thurston when they need to. So okay. I, I think you'll see a broken leg to Ben Hunt and then <laughs> yeah. Anthony Milford will come down with a case of... I think we'll see Boyd back anyway. Slater's guaranteed to injure himself yeah, that's in the true. first game. Well, I mean, kudos to Queensland for picking Greg Inglis as captain, Indigenous uh, oh, well, leader. That was, yeah, I mean, that's a great choice. I mean, it, could really, Billy, who, it could have been Billy, Billy well, I guess Billy Slater, yeah. Who else would there be? And you know what, fellas? Like I always say, there's a few players in both sides with a scope for a solid brain fart, which is always exciting to watch. Let's wrap this up, fellas, with our progressive moment of the week. That's how we like to do it. Uh, I'm going to go, Johnny. Me, yep. Pretty simple one for me. Pretty obvious. Beanies for brain brain cancer weekend. It was uh, very progressive. There was a lot of goodwill towards Mark Hughes and his situation and a lot of people raising a lot of money for a very good cause. I mean, me personally, I didn't get a, a beanie. I support the cause. But I'm, I'm sort of like Kramer. Remember that episode of Seinfeld, yeah, the, the AIDS walk? Don't want to wear the ribbon. Cool. <laughs> doesn't want to wet the ribbon. Uh, I'm a bit like that, but totally support the cause. And, uh, you know, well done. Yeah, I was at the Bulldogs-Tigers game over the weekend, and there was beanies everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I, I bought a beanie. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't it. wear it because I just didn't feel like, oh, you know, I don't want, I don't want to show off that I've made a charitable sure. donation. I'm, I'm ha- quite happy, but I bought a beanie anyway. <laughs> it's sitting in my bag still. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I think it's fantastic. Uh, again, it's just, you know, I know I gush about what the sport can do, blah, blah, blah. But it is. It's just a really good example of if the game gets behind something, it, it elevates it. Everybody embraces it. Um, and, you know, what? It, it's only two years old. Before that, it didn't really... It, mm. just sort of materialised um, really recently. And it's a massive success. And I'm sure it'll, it'll be around, you know, forever, I guess. Yeah. As around. So, yeah, well done, Rugby League. Well done, the Mark Hughes Foundation. Yep. Big Al, what do you got? So mine also, my, my progressive moment relates back to that Tigers-Bulldogs game. So one of the pillars of progressive rugby league is to a chuck it around. Yeah. And there is one player I'd like to put on a pedestal as the king of chucking it around at the moment. Yep. Mahe Fanua. The, oh. man, the man with the world's... Greatest. Wor- well, the world's worst mullet. <laughs> greatest. Oh, sorry, greatest mullet. Thank you. All depends on what your scale of good is when it comes to mullets. But anyway, he... It's almost like he has a condition where he can't not offload the ball. Right. Not offload the ball. Every single tackle, even if there's no one around him, he's trying to break free so he can chuck the ball out the back. Oh, it's very exciting. As a neutral, I found it very exciting. I I wonder, as a subjective follower of the Tigers, you must have had your heart in your mouth. Oh, there was plenty of times when I was like, don't throw it! (laughs) And then you know what happened? 
He threw it anyway. <laughs> his offload percentage must have been at least 75% uh, yesterday, <laughs> when I think most players are 5 to 10%. So this was yeah, just... He, he is the offload king. And, you know, keep it up. Keep it up, Mr. Fanua. We're keep this up, Fanua, and you'll have a statue. In your honour, yeah. you know, Imperial Studios. We'll, we'll Can you imagine, we'll imagine that statue with the flowing mullet yes. out the back? We're imagining some wind blowing, aren't we? That's not just a party at the back for that mullet. It's like what's a big party? It's like a rave. It's, it's a rave at the. It's back. a warehouse rave. That's right. Um, in Merrickville. And you know, talking to Tigers, uh, rumours for today. Woods going back. Oh, that's it. What's, what's your mail, Big Al? Um, there's, there's just no way. That, that could definitely happen, but the Tigers are stacked in the forwards now. Yeah. Matulino and... Um, Would they want him? And Packer. I think they'd take him. Like, yeah. I think it'd be a great story. At a reasonable that. price. Um, yeah, but anyway, back on that Tigers game, I had a, a progressive anecdote for you all. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, not really progressive, but it relates to things that we're very passionate about. So many times in that game, you know, the, uh, both teams went for, the, went for the two points. Sure. And there was one point late in the game where the Tigers were met with a penalty opportunity uh, to get... Uh, to get either within two or two ahead, two ahead, or to get a, to get a slight margin on on mm. the Bulldogs, and I was sitting uh, in a uh, in a section where the, the, the opinion over what the team should do was split down the middle, oh. and we were having a like a friendly banter argument about like discussion. yeah, people were saying people were holding out the fingers, take the two, take the two, oh. and me and Sick me and my my co- cohort were like, no, run it, run it, <laughs> keep it going, keep it going, and they it went, was, uh, thanks, mate, you <laughs> no, got there. And then, of course, you know what happened? They went for the two and missed anyway, and yes. didn't even get didn't even get touched. Uh. <laughs> the Bulldogs got possession. Let that be but a anyway, It was it was a light, good, light-hearted piece of crowd banterish interaction mm. about um, you know plants. Do we play it safe? There was yeah, the scaredies, yeah. <laughs> and there was the, the visionists. Let's go, for <laughs> the visionaries. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. All right. Very quickly, my I have two actually quick PRL moments. Uh, firstly. This is probably more of a round reflection. Trent Hodkinson, is, is he on some sort of challenge to play for a different club every week? Like, <laughs> every time I tell him, tell him he's on, playing for a different side. Yeah, well, I mean, there's still 30 days on, 30 odd days exactly. before June 30, so there could be a few more to come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, the moment one really is um, how exciting. Two one point games on the same night, one straight after the other. Yeah. The uh, Raiders and Eagles, and then the. Um, Queensland Cowboys and the Storm. Like, um, I was listening to the Raiders one on the radio, and, God, you you forget sometimes how exciting it is, like, listening to Rugby League. Oh, yeah, when you're listening to a close game, those those callers, especially the ABC Grandstand team, I think Yeah, that's what I was listening to. But but also, when they get so excitable... But you can't really make out what they're saying, and this, it just drags the suspense out. What? What? What are you trying? What are you saying there? What, what, what is actually just happened? You're making noise. All you're doing is making noise. You're not describing it. Um, which you know is is yeah drags the suspense out, makes it all the more exciting. So yeah, look, you know, try and let's try and bump that up to four or five one point games in a row next round. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Just keep the, the excitement going. Great thing about that game between Canberra and Manly also was the the match-winning try, which was really a genuine ET's rugby league moment. <laughs> Spread it wide, kick it off the outside of the boot, and then the fullback comes flying through, catches it on the full, yeah. and then dives over. I mean, that that's just, I didn't, couldn't even do that on ET's rugby league. That would have been control, alt, left, um, F8, and then return. Yeah. You know, that's very hard to do, that combination. Look, I know there's a long shot, but if mm. there's anyone out there listening who's any good with coding, yeah. if you can recreate uh, an online version of ET's rugby league Please for us to play... Back. 
That would just make our lives. I reckon if we, after this, just gave a quick Google search, I'm pretty sure there's got to be something that already exists. Yeah, well, well, people do that. People take old games and make, like, recode online versions of it. What was the console for uh, ET's rugby was Amiga, Amiga, Amiga 500 so there'll be an Amiga or 500 Atari. emulator out there somewhere right. and you're pretty sure you can just grab the game I hope you're right I hope you're right let's do it we'll, we'll, we'll start up a uh, Twitch channel mm. and people can live watch us oh, that'd be, playing that'd uh, be ET, ET's rugby right. <laughs> join in challenge the slug we'll take this planning session offline thanks for joining us again one and all PRL mailbag at Progressive RL at Outlook.com or the Facebook or the Twitters. iTunes review, please. Help my headache. And uh, hashtag talk up the pod. See you guys. See you guys. In rugby leg we trust. Bada bing, bada boom.